Ultimate Pro Wrestling Podcast created by fans for the fans. And this is episode 105. I'm your host, collector, barber, musician, and most importantly, a professional wrestling podcaster, Talk Wrestling, Tim Gilbert. And I'm your host, the architect of Pro Wrestling Podcast, Funko Pop Collector, Steelers fan, Andy. Well, uh, another week, uh, Jeremy, your no-selling indie wrestling fan and soccer fan, uh, he or a football fan, football lover, as he likes to say, uh, he is, uh, once again, weirdly going to the airport to pick some someone up or beating someone halfway, um, but again, Jeremy's has some business to attend to, Andy and I are going to take in from here. Today, we will be discussing and reviewing this week's happening of the world of pro wrestling, and that is including The Miz, MJF and the Acclaimed, Crown Jewel, and more. Of course, at the end of the show, I'll be doing my classic pay-per-view of the week, so stick around so we can talk about that. Um, before we start today's show, go to youtube.com backslash the PW fan, where we kindly ask you to subscribe. Um, check out all of our video content of the last two years. We have a ton of episodes on there. Uh, for all other social media platforms, you just look at, at the PW fan and we should pop right up. Uh, for t shirts, prowrestlingtees.com backslash the PW fan. So that takes care of all that stuff. Uh, we miss Jeremy. We wish he was here, but hopefully he will be back next week for episode 106. Okay, Booker Andy, episode 105. Take it away. All right. Uh, WWE this week, it was all go home shows. Before the Crown Jewel pay-per-view on Saturday, and then AEW this week. AEW was it wasn't it wasn't the best week for AEW. Uh, for once, when it comes to Collision, I literally only had one segment written down that I thought was worth talking about. So uh, let's get right into Raw. The Judgment Day opened up the show with Mommy Rhea Ripley. Uh, she welcomed the crowd and started talking about Judgment Day's uh, recent success. Sami Zayn would come out and interrupt her and said that he's sick about hearing the group and that he's been fighting people like them his entire career. I believe a lot of people online thought that, you know, there was a second meeting to this promo, more of a, like his opinion on the war going over in the Middle East right now um, kind of blew up online uh, in that sense. Um, but either way, it was a passionate promo by Sami Zayn. Um, but Ricochet would end up attacking, I believe, Dominic um, at the end of this promo. Um, or actually, it might have been JD. Uh, no, it, it was Dominic because this it led to a match then with Dominic ending uh, ending up defeating Ricochet. So looks like Ricochet has some unfinished business and is still uh, being you know, shown on television week after week. Mm-hmm. So that's good for him. Yeah. Um, the Creed brothers who what did you, are, what did you think about Dominic coming out with the, uh, like the, the full handcuffs gimmick? Oh, uh, that was Halloween havoc, right? Yeah. I just, I don't think we talked about, like I saw uh, another clip from it. So I, I'm like, was it part of a costume? It probably was, but I kind of like um, it though. It, like it Rhea, like, Rhea unlocks the cuffs. <laughs> well, if Rhea is always coming out with him anyway, like why not do a gimmick like that for your entrance? I like it. Prison it's Dom. Not bad. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. They got you know, heat. I like. I think the we. Pe- the people hate on it. Our ma- really? On our Mania episode, I think we talked about how much we liked his getting out of the you know uh, prison van to face his dad. I love it, dude. Prison Dom's the man. Yeah, uh, just Dom's the Dom's man. man. I swear, if you go back, where this is episode one hundred and five, if you go back to episode what like thirty forty, we would probably be like, dude, Dominic sucks. Andy would be like, this oh, guy. When he sucks. was like a baby face, though. Yeah, Andy would be like, yeah. this guy sucks. Yeah. He's like, he's only big. He's only. And then when Logan Paul came, I was like, when Logan Paul came, I think we all were like. Why is he already better than Dom? Like we shit all. Yeah, we used over to hate Dom. Dom, and now I love Dom. Dom's a man now. Dom has a mean frog splash. Yeah, he's so earned. Sorry, my, Dom. Dom's earned my respect. Yes. <laughs> um, not that he, team not match, that he though, needed which, it. In the in the off chance that he ever saw this, he would be like this fucking guy. 
Dom doesn't care about your respect. Um, but we saw a tag team match shortly after this, and it showed the main roster debut of the Creed Brothers. Their real brother tag team from NXT, both were um, collegiate uh, wrestlers, amateur wrestlers. So to see them go against the Alpha Academy and end up winning their main roster debut, Alpha Academy is also a team of, um, well, Chad Gable was an Olympic wrestler, and I believe Otis was at least a college level uh, wrestler. So what, What's their tag this team? This was name? a great showing. They're the Creed Brothers. Okay, I'm not familiar. This is not... So, uh, okay, yeah, I'm not familiar. So they they haven't officially come up like full-time because they were then shown on NXT the next night. Um, but they come out with a, with a, a women's wrestler named Ivy Nile, and they used to be part of a group called the Diamond Mind, and Diamond Mine, and that was the last group. That's what Roderick Strong was a part of before he left. That was the last thing he was doing was he was with them um, in like a, a four-person four person group. Oh, and also Stokely Hathaway, who now, he's not really on TV anymore on on AEW, short little guy. Yeah. Um, but he he was Diamond Mine's manager. So they were all this this okay. group. Now it's just the brothers and Ivy Nile. Yeah, because Stokely. So they've been around he, for a little bit. Stokely's the original guy who kind of introduced the Devil Mask character a few months back, right? When MJF like had like yes. a faction. Okay. He I think he was like with the the firm or whatever. Yeah, it was. Just making sure we were talking about the same guy. Okay. Yep, that guy. So yeah, Roderick Strong and him were both a part of this group. Now it's just the two brothers and Ivy Nile. So. Uh, they've been around a little bit, but uh, really good showing for them. And then uh, both teams showed each other signs of respect afterwards and shook each other's hand. Um, and I'm hoping they're really popular in NXT. People really seem to like them. Uh, at least the live audience does. Um, but this this match played into a video package for the reunited DIY, um, which we'll talk about them in a second. But the Miz would host an episode episode of Miz TV. With Gunther as a special guest, or he at least tried to um, bring him out for an interview, but instead Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci came out to throw insults at The Miz. Uh, Gunther did eventually come out as they were arguing, and he told Miz that uh, he was not his guest and he didn't respect him at all. Uh, They traded insults for a bit until uh, Gunther had Kaiser uh, crush a pumpkin uh, bearing the uh, Mrs. logo, you smash in the ring. This, I mean, this was a Halloween episode. I'm not even going to talk about the trick or street fight that they do every year. Um, I should have said that off the top. Yes, this was a Halloween episode. Uh, Miz tried to put up a fight, but numbers game caught up to him. Um, but it looks like they're turning him into a babyface. He had some really good um, comebacks for Gunther. He talked about how he is the one, I don't know if you remember when Miz was Intercontinental Champion last and the whole A-lister gimmick started yeah, to become a thing. I remember a little bit of he it. He talked about how he was the one that he made the Intercontinental Championship relevant again, which I can't really argue with I that. I mean, dude. Um, before when, that, it was kind of... Because he was coming out with the... Um, that was him and Dolph, I think. Somebody had the white belt. Well, that was, that, that was their group, but he would come out with... Uh, the white belt. The white uh, Intercontinental, the classic one. Yeah, but sorry, I thought you were talking about people he would come out with. No, 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 I'm talking about, about like, when he's talking about making the belt relevant, I I remember everybody. He brought brought back the white one. Dude, that one was sick. I hate the new one. It sucks. Yeah. Um, But this would lead into the first official Raw match of DIY back on TV, reunited. Looked great. They defeated Imperium. Um we talked about, I think, either last week or the week before, you know, the, the golden days of NXT. Some people might say it's when DIY was a tag team. For me, it was after they were broken up and Gargano and Ciampa were feuding all the time. Um, but DIY was super popular in NXT during the black and gold days, and now they're, you know, I'm sure some people never thought we'd see them back together again. But great tag team. Both guys crush it, so I'm excited to see where it goes from here with them too. And I didn't. I know FTR when they were with the revival had a really good feud with DIY. 
I think I think making Gargano and Ciampa a tag team on the main roster makes sense because and I'm just being honest here. In the landscape of what is WWE right now, when I'm talking about your Roman Reigns and your LA Knights and these big stars, I don't know. They'd get lost as singles, I, don't, I Yeah, think. I don't know where a Ciampa and a Gargano is going to fit in as a singles. But you put them together, and they're great together, and they got the DIY thing from NXT, nostalgia. They're both being used. They're both friends. Go with it. And this is the thing with, like, you know, tag teams usually have, like, one that's, like, the real star. With them... I like both of them equally. I really don't know, you know, if I if I could be like, oh no, no, he's the one that could, you know, do something as a singles. Like, I like, but I think both guys are are. Uh, I think both guys are great. So after that, uh, we had a Drew McIntyre video package, which would lead into a Seth Rollins promo. He gave a long promo before his upcoming match with Drew, and. Uh, during the video package for Drew, Drew talked about, you know, how he won the title in front of no audience. He beat Brock Lesnar in less than five minutes. And, you know, he was champion basically for in front of no one except for, like, television screen. So when Seth Rollins came out for his promo, he talked about how he doesn't care if Drew didn't get the win the WWE title the way he wanted and feels no, pin- and feels no pity for him. Um, this would lead, though, to a match. With him, Seth versus J.D. McDonough, which Seth would end up winning. And then the main event was Damian Priest would end up defeating Sami Zayn in the main event of the show. Like I said, uh, this was via disqualification, of course, because uh, Judgment Day and would get involved. Um, Dom would be out there. Finn, Jey Uso would come out. Cody Rhodes would come out, made it a three-on-three fight. Um are you tired of seeing all these guys in different moving parts every week in the main event, or is that just how it is when one storyline is the top thing? You know, I mean, I feel like it comes to that point where it's like you want to see something else, but this is the best thing they got going. So it's like, what else are they going to put there right now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't um, know what else. I don't so know what else up- would take take its spot. That's like as high level of a storyline i agree i'm ho i I just want to see them now start because survivor series is the next pay-per-view i want to see them start building towards war games you know see what the teams are going to be i mean yeah i mean this i god i love this time of the year survivor series you got war games dude it's gonna be sick that's when it's the start of survivor series to mania like that's the road to wrestlemania to me some people say it's like rumble it's like I get why it's the Rumble, but like I start getting really excited for Mania time around the end of fall, like we yeah. are in. So, and we still got the God, we got some good stuff. We got the Rumble coming, and then we're gonna go to Mania, dude. It's gonna be sick. Yeah, I can't wait, dude. All two right. nights, two um, nights, baby. I'm, I'm, you know, thinking back of when we would watch Mania and it kept getting longer and longer. I'd be at your house and like falling asleep and just like I have to finish it tomorrow I am glad they made it two nights especially for like like now if you get to go like but I don't think that I don't think you're not come worn out it's weird weird though like I don't know if you could fit the store all the storylines that they have going like I don't think they could all culminate in one night people get more of an opportunity to even have like you know, it just gives more an opportunity for more for more people to get onto the show. Yeah, which is cool. The more people I get to see, the better as a audience member. It's just it makes me wonder when we were kids, you know, how they were able to. You know, there's maybe like six main storylines, and that's what you had. It was like Raw and SmackDown. These are the storylines. Watch the pay per view. If you don't, you don't. Now it's like, damn, it feels too nice. They have enough going on to fill enough stuff. Of storylines and matches to fill two it's nights. Good time, like, good time to be a wrestling fan, man. I don't know if they could do it all in one night anymore, though. Like, think about it. Could you have that many main events in one night? I mean, the opening match would have to be a main event. I mean, sometimes it is. Sometimes, I mean, it, you know. Most of these pay-per-views lately, the opening match could be a main event. Um. 
for example, the first opening match of Crown Jewel, but we'll talk about that. Um, let's get into Dynamite this week. Orange Cassidy would... Dude, never fails. Orange Cassidy opening up the show with a match. It's Tony um, Khan's favorite wrestler. Orange Cassidy... <laughs> is it Legitimately. Really? It's it's up there? That's crazy. I mean, it's got to be if you just book Tony Khan, dude, Tony Khan is like, you people will like Orange Cassidy. Book's like a fan. Yeah. Against your against Looks like your a fan, will. not like a owner. We can't, yeah. we can't, we can't trash AEW without Jeremy being here because I don't feel I feel that's one sided and then it'll become. A, I'm not gonna trash it. I just no, I've not never. It, it's been what four years and I still do not care for Orange Cassidy. There's some fans that maybe have come around to him. I've just never budged. I don't. As uh, as Tommy Lee Jones once he's said, had some bangers. Did, Him versus Will Osprey was amazing, but like as, I don't as, I don't care. As uh, Tommy Lee Jones once whispered in a Jim Carrey's ear during the set Jim of Batman Carrey. Forever, I don't appreciate your buffoonery. <laughs> That's how I feel about Orange Cassidy. I've read that story so many times. Uh, all right, so. I was, I was sorry. I blanked out. I was about to do a Jim Carrey quote from Batman Forever, but I couldn't think of one. That was he like, dreams of one day being bare naked with a girl. Sorry, <laughs> Batman. All right. Um, Orange Cassidy retains the international. Fred, <laughs> you are fired. <laughs> No, the best line, the best line is, uh, is his uh, when he pushes the guy over the waterfall. He's like, ooh, yeah. or he's like, or, ooh, you know, he says, uh, he, ooh, nice form. Could have, he's like, could have used a little work on the landing. He may have to settle for the bronze. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid, <Dude's> classic, <laughs> great stuff. We like a lot of dumb movies. You guys have oh. heard us talk about Ready to Rumble. So dumb, dumb movies. Early, late, or mid to late nineties, early two thousand cinema is Andy and I's like golden era of movies. I could rewatch those a million. I was like times. going to the video store. You get the video and you watch it as many times as you can before you have to return. Yeah, you got to watch that movie like five times before you bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> Surf's up, big kahuna. Ooh. Surf's up, big kahuna. All right. Moving on from Batman Forever. Right. <laughs> Orange Cassidy retained the international championship against Claudio Castagnoli. Um, there was a post-match beatdown, which saw a returning John Moxley. So I guess John Moxley has been cleared. And I'm sure, because of the original plan... Before he got hurt, was that Moxley be the champion? So I'm sure Moxley's going to win it back at full gear and do whatever run that they originally planned on. That's my prediction. Um, so backstage, well, I should say, because there's a reason for this. So the main event of the show was going to be an eight-man tag team main event: Bullet Club Gold versus MJF and a team of three of his choosing. So the story throughout the night is MJF going around trying to get partners. So MJF tries to recruit Kenny. He knocks on Kenny's door, Kenny Omega, but Jericho opens up the door and slams it in his face. Right after this, Wardlow would grab MJF and pick him up, pin him up against the wall, and vow to take everything from him. Um, but we'll see MJF By the way, again in a little bit. We touched on it a few weeks ago. But there's lots of other podcasts that have apparently, I mean, not that we're like, you know, fucking clairvoyance or anything, but like there's lots of other podcasts that have noticed that MJF is feuding with like five people right now. Oh, yeah, we did mention that the other week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad. Well, it just means we're as observant and as everyone else. I mean, he's feuding with the whole I roster. I will say, though. From from the podcast clips that I've seen of other people on like TikTok and things, I looked at the dates, and I gotta say we were the first from what I've seen to mention that Punk could be under that devil mask. They all came like a week later. Don't ever doubt the PW fan. All right, Booker Handy Man. 
Booker Andy. And you know Remember what? You said it. Go out and you tell your friends if you want to listen to the truth, you listen to the PW fan. All right, boss? That's right. That's right. Um, so uh, we had a trios, ROH trios cha- championship match the Hung Bucks versus the Mogul Embassy. God, that name um, sucks. During, <laughs> during this match, um, there was a distraction by. Maybe one of the best heels right now in AEW, Swerve Strickland. Um, there was a distraction by him that drove uh, Hangman Page away from the ring, which left the Young Bucks to have a two-on-three match. And the Young Bucks and Hangman Page would end up losing their ROH Trios championships to the Mogul Embassy. I'm, I think Swerve this is a good move. Russian. It's a good move. It's a good day. It's also a good day to smoke drugs, too. Day. Oh, my God. Um, so there was a uh, segment with Adam Copeland, um, and, which would be interrupted by Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne, um, where Christian would end up vowing to break the neck of uh, Adam Copeland. This is um, weird. They ended up almost doing a concerto to him to when Sting and Darby Allen would hit the ring, make the save. Um, Ultimately, I was about to say Edge, Adam Copeland uh, would obliterate Christian Cage with a spear and offered himself to partner with Sting and Darby Allen at full gear. So it looks like we're getting Luchasaurus, Nick Wayne, Christian Cage against, I was going to say Edge again. Adam Copeland, Sting, and Darby Allen at full gear. I ain't mad at it. Are you surprised? Even though I've seen Sting and Darby a million times team up. God, I am wish- I surprised that this is the way they're going? No. I just wish Jeremy was here to, to, to bounce some stuff off of. But are you surprised that Edge, uh, Adam Copeland, hasn't made a bigger impact than we thought? I... Th- the numbers continually go down. The tickets are not doing well. I'm just saying, prime AW sales wise was during punk, <laughs> and that's not even me saying it tonight. It's not an opinion either. It's fact. There's a there's a whole uh, there's like a whole thread that I saw of like great moments from like the first three and a half years of AEW and then it's a picture they're all of punk stuff aren't they no and, and before though but then like it's really building when like punk gets there and it's like the crowds are getting bigger and stuff and then all of a sudden it's just a picture of hangman that's like i'll never forgive this man for for what he took from us <laughs> he was trying what did hangman say like, i'm trying to save AEW from you and then he just killed. It's like Punk was the one saving AEW, man. Making it, saving making it, it for big. You. And so, your question though: Am I surprised Adam Copeland hasn't made it big? No, I'm not surprised. Is it? Well, I think some people, maybe some people, if he, if he had just some... returned after years of injury in AEW, yeah, could have been better. Well, there's people that like legit act like when like a wrestler leaves. Uh, AEW or WWE to go to AEW that like they just don't exist anymore. I saw a guy comment on a WWE post the other day. I miss Alistair Black. I was like, I mean, you could literally watch him. Like, he's on, he's on the other show. That he's, but like, but they're I, like, I think some. I won't watch AEW. Yeah, they're like, nah, I don't watch that shit. And they're like, I mean, it's not. They're still there. There are good things on AEW, and there are bad things. There are good things in WWE. There are bad things. Like, there's stuff I skip in WWE when I'm watching. Sure, teach their own. Um, just like M. Jeff, just like MJF said, like, there's this tribalism where we all like hate each other, and if like, oh, if you like this, then you're not a real wrestling fan. Dude, the AW wrestlers are watching WWE. MJF loves LA Knight and Roman. Yeah, that that clip where MJF's like, that's not that's not what's going on. He's like this weird 
I don't forget what he calls it, but this weird like group mentality kind of thing. MJF is also dating Alicia Atute. Holy crap, pal. Good for you. Comeback of the century. Losing his fiance to that, the man. <laughs> He's better than you and you know and it. you know it. <laughs> um Tony Khan had a big announcement which the crowd just obviously did not give a shit about. Uh, he announced the second All-In is going to happen next year. Now I heard that there's like posters over there or something for it already, and MJF is not on it, probably because it's uncertain whether he'll sign in 2024, I would assume. But you can put people's posters on it, on, or pictures on it, who already is, are going to be in contract by then. You can't put MJF. My prediction is MJF goes to WWE. MJF shows up at the Rumble. Now, my prediction is MJF eventually goes to WWE and becomes one of the biggest wrestlers in the world. He could. Absolutely. He's 100% has it to do it, and people are like, they won't let him be him in WWE. I'm like, I don't think so. Because if he, people were thinking back Triple to Triple H, Vince might not let him be. But think Triple back H to the, might. No, but do you think back to the riddle... And the Seth Rollins, like when they did the John Jones Daniel Cormier thing, like he's like just cut out some of the the curse. Like, That's he's all like, he has to do because your family left your bitch ass. Like, dude, they could definitely still let MJF be MJF. Do some stuff. I would be degree. so mad if they sent him that NXT. No, I'd be so angry. He's not going to NXT. Jay Cargill's coming. Do up you the think? Roster. Yeah, I I read a while ago she's supposed to be on Raw. Whenever she does, um, I wonder when his contract's up because he might. It might not be enough time for him to make the rumble. No, no. If the contract's up, you don't get a no compete clause. Yeah, if the if you just run up, your contract out, then you're good. So he could, he so could. could. Oh, oh, and then we could see him at Mania. That would be so weird to see MJF at WrestleMania. Dude, WrestleMania I mean, this year is going to be so insane. There's so many possibilities. To me, MJF is like Cody. Like I look at them and I'm like, you should be a WWE guy and not a like your character is is. Yeah, but it sucks main, though. Like, like I didn't, I didn't used to think that way about AEW. I used to hold it on equal footing, equal ground. Well, I look at it. The vibe of it is just completely different. Like. I don't think a character like Darby Allen would be good in WWE, but it works. See, I disagree. I think he would be incredible in WWE. Do they think with market... little kids, people yes, would like us? They'd be like the, the new Jeff Hardy out of him. Yeah, you're right. When you're right, you're right. <laughs> he's uh, he's tailor made for WWE. Like size wise, absolutely I'm not. Size wise, he's not. But just the charisma and flying around. The only thing with him is there's no fucking way that they would let him do some of the stuff that he does. Like as far as the what? the the jumping and like that bump he took off from Christian onto the steel steps. Like that would never happen in WWE. What about a group like House of Black and Malachi? Well, they AW? already do that with a judgment. Or... Yeah, it wouldn't work. Can't have to. I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. Come on. Do it. Um, no. All right. So it was announced. I hated this segment. I was talking to Jeremy about it. There was an announced that in two weeks there's going to be a street fight. Um, and it's going to be the Don Callis family, which is Takesha, now Kyle Fletcher, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Sammy Guevara against Kenny Omega, Jericho, Sammy Guevara. Kota Ibushi, and then Jericho announced the fourth member, and he said, you know, basically, you have a big guy in Powerhouse Hobbs, or you said you have a monster. He's like, but I know a guy that's a giant. And then Paul White came out. God. Did you see that? And the crowd didn't out? really give a shit. Did you see that an AEW crowd also chanted at Big Show, please retire? That's such, no. a rude, that's such a rude chant. I, I remember Don't watching do that, that live when they first... It's, it's rude as shit. Fans, 
fellow fans, don't do that chant. It's fucked up. I don't like that. That's a that's a, that's messed up. I don't, I don't care if it's even. I'm trying to think of a wrestler who I like. I, I don't. I don't even like. If Jungle Boy, don't don't chant that at people. It's not cool. God. Um. So after this segment, though, backstage, Matt Jackson took exception to Kenny Omega partnering with Chris Jericho lately and uh, lashed out at him. Jericho basically would end up saying, you know, just because you lost your titles, you know, it doesn't mean you should just freak out like that. Um, but MJF is still looking for partners for the main event. Acclaim go up to him and said, we'll partner with you, but you got to wear this. And they hand him a trash bag. MJF looks inside and he says, basically, no fucking way. Um, and then the main event would start, Bullet Club Gold, which is Ass Boys, Juice Robinson, and Jay White against MJF. Uh, well, first, the Acclaim would just come out. So with no confirmation, Acclaim ended up being the tag team. And then MJF would come out. He's wearing a pink scarf, pink outfit. He's wearing a scissor me shirt that's cut off. Uh, during the match, he would end up doing like a kangaroo kick. He would scissor daddy ass. Um, all the fun pandering to the crowd that Tim hates of MJF has of late. Being the baby face, basically. <laughs> um, but the stipulation for the match was that if MJF's team wins, Jay White would give back the belt that he stole, and they would end up losing. So Bull Cup Gold defeated them. Um, but it, it was fun to see the Acclaim teamed up with MJF either way. I liked it. I, I think everything they've been doing together the past couple of weeks has been hilarious. Um, but that would wrap up Dynamite. Anything to add, Tim? Uh, to that, no. But right. I did. Well, I don't. I'm still weird about this whole MJF baby face run. It is that crazy, dude. The acclaimed like four months ago on fire. It's weird how like things change so quick. Scissor me, daddy ass was huge. Yes. Um. Only a couple of things to talk about with SmackDown. I want to start off with this, which you, me, talked about on Saturday. But this opening segment with Roman and L.A. Knight it just imbued star power. And they're sitting say, across from each other. I couldn't hear the last part. I said... I said this whole part with, uh, with Roman and L.A. Knight saying together just, you know just showed tons of star power in the ring between these two guys. The oh, segment dude, that opened this up SmackDown. Was, this was so this was so sick. We talked about it how I just I remember I texted yeah. you guys. I said the star power. It sold it, to me it it made Knight seem like a serious challenger and every week he's been seeming more like someone on Roman's level. Mm-hmm. Um but I think we all knew that you know, Roman is going to win his match at Crown Jewel. But I like it better when I'm like, you never know. Sometimes you're like, there's no way this guy stands a chance. I'm like, they could swerve us, and people would not be too, too surprised. But I thought it was a great opening segment. Um, then the second thing I want to talk about, again, I, I said there's not too much. Um John Cena basically cooked Solo Sokoa on the mic in 90 seconds, uh, calling him a, was it Bargain Brand Taz? Yeah. Bargain Basement Bargain Taz brand. ripoff. <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, Solo really never talks, and Cena was basically like, we waited this long for you to talk, and that's all you have to say. He's like, he's like, dude, I'm about to cook you. And he's like, give it 90 cent- seconds. He's like, I'm about to cook you. <laughs> and Cena, Cena, Cena is great on the mic. He always has been, no matter how much time he steps away from from the ring. Uh, I mean, then just, we had a segment which my source, bread and my butter. WWE, my source, my WWE source, told me that basically, like in WWE, you can't go into your business into business for yourself on the mic like they do in AEW because 
you would literally get the ash chewing of a lifetime once you got backstage and you would never be back allowed on TV ever again. Like if Hangman did the thing that he did to Punk in WWE, he would never have been heard from again. But he told me that um, there's a couple of guys that they trust that they can just go out and say whatever they want with maybe a bullet point or two, but the the big one is Cena. They just are like, go out, say whatever you want, do what you're going to do. Cena's not going to fuck shit up for WWE. Yeah, but he's also just good. Yeah. He sometimes, he's better probably when he gets to go on his own. Right. <laughs> like, you know, when he cooked Roman in the old promo, be like, it's called a promo, <laughs> you better get used to it. Like, yo, <laughs> that was not written down. It was funny when I saw when I saw my my guy at the barbershop, I shook his hand and I said, "How you doing, pal?" And then I said, "Sorry about that. You probably felt like you were at work for a second. <laughs> oh my God. And then he started events anymore. No, he said no, he says, dude, well he up until a couple up until a few weeks ago, he told me that when you go there, you have to shake Vince's hand every time everybody. That's right, yeah. We should have asked bro that. God damn, pal. We should ask bro when we talk to him if that was a thing. I don't know if the extra one time. I don't know if the extras would, but we can always I feel like the extras definitely should, but you never know. Um and then we had a Rey Mysterio and Logan Paul Wayne, which would I mean it's stupid. You're doing a Wayne, but um they just wanted to show basically the difference in size, I guess, between Logan Paul and, and Rey Mysterio. It was like a difference of like forty or fifty pounds. But Rey Mysterio would end up slapping Logan Paul, and then let's get into Collision, which I only have one thing to talk about, which was it was uh they were celebrate the acclaim was celebrating sixty nine days as uh, AW Trios champions, um, the boys and Dalton Castle, who you hate, the boys, you know. You hate Don Castle every time he comes out. He sucks. He's a peacock guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's the worst. I don't understand why anybody likes this. <laughs> um. So yeah, that I'm sure he's a nice. Sixty-nine days. Look, I'm not. Look, I always feel like I come off as a dick. I, I'm sure he's a great human being. I hate your wrestling character. <laughs> he's a former ROH champion, man. Um. But no, Don Castle would smash a trophy, turn to a fight. I don't know. There wasn't much. Collision was weird this week, man. It was just like, like if I degrade it, you know, I'd probably like high C, B minus, like low B. Like it was, it was one of the worst collisions. Not saying it was terrible, but in terms of collisions since it started. It was like, I didn't care for, like, any segment, basically. I almost didn't write anything for Collision this week, but I wanted to write maybe something because I already skipped Rampage. Not skipped on watching. We know I suffer through everything, but uh, skipped on writing. Dude, remember when, remember when Collision was like, I, I wish we had more sound effects. Jeremy. Oh, yeah, and who was the show center around at that time? Jeremy, if you can uh, edit in here, he's going to be like, God damn it, Tim, you're making me do work. If you can edit it in here, like a dreamy sound effect that, like, you know, when they daydream and it takes you back in time. Ah, yeah. There it is. When when Collision had Punk on the show and it was so good. I remember those times, too, guys. I remember that. <laughs> Sorry, say, say that again. No, I just said I remember those times, too. Good times. <laughs> good times. Um, all right, so that... That wraps up all the shows. Let's get into Crown Jewel, which me and you, as I always said, we watched it together. If it's a Saturday pay-per-view, chances are me and Tim are watching together unless he has a show to play or something else going on because God knows I don't do anything else. Fall break. Um, so Tim didn't see this match. I did, though, earlier in the day because pay-per-view started at 1. I got to Tim's at like 7 when and watched – the actual pay-per-view, but I was able to see the kickoff match uh, at like 12.30 during the day, and it was Sami Zayn versus J.D. McDonough. Uh, good match, 
good, strong kickoff match. Only kickoff match, I'll show. But um, crowd was hot for Sami Zayn, like they usually are over there. This is Sami's now second time. Sami would end up winning with a blue thunderbomb, which I can't tell you the last time he actually won with that. That's more of like him in NXT era, I feel like. Um, and JD McDonough would end up getting some huge ass welt on like the lower left of his stomach. It just like got darker and darker as the match grown on went on. But I tried rewinding to find out when it was. I couldn't pinpoint it exactly. Hmm. Um, the actual show, I'm gonna say. So I went back and rewatched this match. Wish I had paid attention to it more. You know, when me and Tim are hanging out, we're not robots. You know, we talk during the match. Uh, during the matches, you know, and hang out like actual brothers instead of just shutting up and watching. So I went back and actually watched, rewatched this match, though. Wrestling-wise, match of the night. Opening match, Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins um, for the World Heavyweight Championship. One of the main stories that's been being told uh, weekly on, on Raw. Um, so it was... What can I say? It... I mean, they, they did a good job of turning into, like, a David versus Goliath story, um, even though Rollins isn't that much smaller than Drew. Um, they worked on, you know, Rollins' back injury, stuff that's been going on. Uh, they kicked out of each other's finishes uh, as they worked towards the end. And in order to put Drew down, because Seth would end up winning, it took a super kick, a pedigree, and a stomp. So Drew came out strong from this. Um, but after the match, as Rollins would sit in the ring looking hurt, Damian Priest would come down, try to cash in his money in the bank contract, but Sami Zayn would come out of nowhere, attack him, and steal the briefcase. And I think he probably still has it, as Raw is going on tonight. Um, yeah, Tim, from the from the amount that we were able to watch together of this match, I know you're not a big fan of Drew. He does nothing for you. He's talented, but his character does nothing for you. Does nothing for me. Nothing. But, so, I mean, wrestling-wise, I mean... I'm looks too... good, decent in the ring. Just not for me. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I will say, even though it was the opening match, it was the best wrestling-wise match on the show. Um, After that, we had... The women's fatal five way for Rhea's women's world title: Rhea Ripley, Nia Jax, Zoe Stark, Raquel Rodriguez, and Shayna Baszler. This was another one of the matches I rewatched. Um, for a fatal five way, I, th- I think I say this almost t- every time. It's like a fatal four way, fatal five way, even a triple threat. I'm not too big on it because they try to make every person shine, and they did during this match. Everyone got a moment to do something, but it's like. You, correct me if I'm wrong, Tim, but like, do you do you notice like during a match like this, like people are just waiting for their next spot to like get involved? Yeah, there's a lot. It's just of, like, like becomes too obvious. They're like it's they're like selling. You know, they got kicked and they're like down on the ground for like way longer because they're like yeah. waiting. So that that happened a lot in this match, and um, I mean, all these women were like. Booked as, like, strong women. I mean, you had Nia Jax, you know, uh, she's already booked as, like, the monster of the match. Rhea Ripley, who's the champ and kind of always dominates everyone. Raquel, who's pretty much just as big as Rhea Ripley. Zoe Stark, who has shown to be, like, kind of like a pit bull. I even think they nickname her, like, you know, like a pit bull. The pit bull. And you had Shayna Baszler. (laughs) Pit bull, the singer. Uh, And then you had Shayna Baszler, who... After being Ronda Rousey is calling herself the baddest bitch in WWE, so they were all you know strong, uh, intense competitors for this match. You know there was no one that didn't really fit that mold. Uh, but Rhea would end up retaining her title in this, and I think that was our prediction as well. Yeah. But for a fatal five way, you know the the ladies did the the best that they could. Um, is still good. It's just it's a lot of moon parts, and I just noticed things. Uh, after that, we had John Cena versus Solo Sokoa. This match I wanted to be better, um, 
but it the parts that it was slow, it was slow for too long, in my opinion. And then I thought the ending, you know, me and Tim were just like kind of like, all right, like it was just Simone Spike after Simone Spike after Simone Spike, like <laughs> he putting Cena over, down. He I killed thought Cena should have Cena. There was a murder. There was that overkill, took place. man. <laughs> he hit him twice, and then the camera like zoomed in on Cena's face, and you see Cena just calling in the next spot, and well, it was just really bad fuck. timing of the cameraman. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he pick me up and do it again. About it. <laughs> yeah, and look, I thought for Cena, like, I know it's John Cena. It's like Brock Lesnar losing, all right? It doesn't take away anything. But they did make it a point these upcoming weeks that he has, like, a 2,000-some-day losing streak Why? Yeah, why are in they singles doing, matches. Why are they doing the Cena losing streak? Because, like, I feel like unless, okay, I'm kind of with it. Hang on. Booker Andy, hear me out. So back in the day, the super. So that's that guy's TikTok booking comes true. <laughs> He's no, like, that's... I'm winning that type. <laughs> God, all right, but like, hear me out. Cena, you know, back okay. in the day, he was. I know you weren't around for some of this. Won all the time, it. never lost. Yeah, he won all the time and never lost. He was super Cena, and then that's what people used to say. Now he's doing this like, kind of like the. I don't know. You could do like an old man Logan kind of like thing where like or rocky like where you're like you need to like cena retiring is gonna make me feel old as shit oh yeah because i remember his first match (laughs) against kurt angle but i think the way this was booked though i mean you so ago beating cena just makes solo you know i get building stars unlike some companies like to do I don't, know if, I don't think that it's a good idea to kill the legacy of John Cena by having him lose a bunch of times. I mean, I know people are like going to be like, oh, that doesn't hurt his legacy. I'm like, eh. think back to Orange Shirt Cena. That's how I want to remember him. Just crushing everyone. <laughs> At the time, you didn't want him to be crushing everyone. Oh, I hated him. Everyone. He was so annoying. I thought he was the worst. Cena's great now. I love seeing him every week. If it was up to me, the SAG strike would continue. No, I'm just kidding. I love TV and movies. I'm not going to have anything to watch in 2024 at this rate. Um, I'm going to be all caught up on everything. Hey, you guys should go watch Jury Duty on Amazon Prime and watch me and Andy's homie. Yes, watch watch our friend uh, Ben Seward on Jury Duty. Ben Seward. It's very, very funny. If you haven't, if, if you've been living if there, under a if rock there's no that, shows to watch in 2024, watch Jury Duty because it's a great show. Watch Jury Duty. I think I watched it all when it came out. Like, um, I binged it. Who? What song did Ben? Uh, what song did Ben podcast? Did Ben make the song for? It's really catchy. Ben C. Word, uh, made the opening theme song. I guess technically closing as well. For Golden Hour podcast with Brendan Schaub, Eric Griffin, and Chris D'Elia. Yes. And if you think the theme song is good, make sure you look up his real uh, music under the Everyday File across all platforms. There you go. Check it out. Me and Tim have been listening to him for years. Um, Very talented. Let's move on to... I mean, Tim, hate talking good about him, but Rey Mysterio versus Logan Paul for the United States Championship. You did good. <sighs> you did good, kid. Again, dude, Logan Paul doesn't miss in his matches. It's frustrating because he shouldn't be this good. Well, his brother unfor- unfortunately wins all of his boxing matches too, so like, I hate that these guys just continuously win. Well, I will... And we'll talk about like a weird segment before that. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot about it. It was The Miz tried to host an episode of Miz TV with uh, famous Saudi actor and comedian Ibrahim Al-Hajjaj. Um, this was then who would be out there before Grayson Waller would come out and try to hijack the segment. Yo, uh, respectful, Grayson Waller would... Respectfully to any of our homies that we might have listening from Saudi Arabia or the Middle East, I had no idea who this guy was. I was like, well, never heard of her. They said he was a famous actor in Saudi Arabia, so 
I think only if you've seen Saudi Arabia stuff, okay, you would know who he who he was. He was he's like they didn't say like, yeah, yeah. Okay, he's like he's like the most famous like actor at the, of this time right now, but they didn't say like all over the world. They just said in Saudi Arabia. That's their Tom Cruise. That's what at least that's what our commentators made it sound like. So he's making mission. He's making Mission Impossible over there. They got their own version. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd like to see that. Um, I'm just picturing right, so that guy. I'm just picturing that guy like doing Tom stunts. Well, he did do one stunt, and uh, he would end up hitting Grayson Waller with a people's elbow um, after the Miz hit a skull-crushing finale. Oh, you know what? Good, because Grace, if there's a guy that deserves this more than anybody, it's Grayson Waller. He has a very punchable face, as Kevin Owens says. I don't like um, that. So, yes, Rey Mysterio and Logan Paul had a really good match, uh, which Logan Paul, we called it, would end up winning the United States Championship. He'll be, dude, the guy has millions and millions of followers. It's a smart business move. Uh, I'm hoping the championship doesn't disappear and he'll actually be on TV more, but... No, because um, if Logan he'll be bringing on the podcast, he'll bring it on the pod. He'll put it on his uh, X. He'll put it on his TikTok. I mean, dude, it's good. I understand. I get it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a smart business move. Absolutely. And look, and it's not like his... the guys. It's not like the dude sucks, and it's like it's disrespectful to to wrestling. I mean, unfortunately, he seems to be pretty good at this. As as much as it hurts me to say it. <laughs> yeah um, But the match would end with Santos Escobar coming out um, Logan Paul's One of his buddies I don't know his name Would end up handing him brass knuckles Which he would end up dropping Santos Escobar would come out To make sure that didn't happen again He would pick up the brass knuckles And just place them on the apron To me it kind of seemed like You know He placed them there He could have thrown them on the ground But he placed them there Maybe for Logan Paul to use because of my predictions from last week's episode, if you want to go back, I called Santos Escobar getting involved in some way. I didn't call this. But I said he'd call Saray the match somehow. So Booker Andy halfway striked again. Halfway. Um, I mean, you really so don't miss Paul much. Up- you, this one wasn't a miss. You kind of just like bunted. <laughs> I bunted, but I also paid attention. You got on bait. Like, you got on bait. Santos you didn't has been run. acting. Punted, foul ball, something. Um, Tim's a baseball guy. I clearly am not. Uh, Eo Sky versus Bianca Belair. <laughs> Eo Sky versus Bianca Belair for the WWE Women's Title. Um, another one of the matches I I went back to try to pay more attention to. Uh, both women are really good. Uh, they have pretty good chemistry. Um, from what I've seen, you know, this isn't their first bout with one another. Um, but Eos guy would end up taking Bailey out by mistake. Um, but Bailey would then still try to help, uh, Eo even after this. Then we had a returning Kyrie Sane show up out of nowhere, uh, to take out Bianca Belair while Eo was keeping the referee busy, which allowed Eo to hit a moonsault for the win. I feel bad for Kyrie Sane because, um, when she left WWE, she went to New Japan and became champion. And she is actually the one that Mercedes Monet beat for the championship. Mercedes Monet. Monet. Uh, you can go back and listen to me say yeah, that. For the, the episode. Episode, for, the, for the listeners who've been around a while. <laughs> I pulled out my full Baltimore for that one unknowingly. Mercedes Monet. Um, I feel bad for Kyrie, though, because no one seemed to care. And yeah. she's super good. She might have the best elbows drop elbow drop out of any woman I've ever seen. Uh, it's it's crazy. But I think the rumor is that she might be uh, gonna end up feuding with Asuka soon. So that if that's true, that should be really good. Also, there's no denying it's about the best man male elbow drop I've ever seen. Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage elbow drop is like holy shit. If you watch to this day, he like yeah. floats in the he floats in the air. 
And that's saying something because Tim's favorite wrestler of all time is Shawn Michaels, who also does an elbow drop. Look, it's a good it's a good elbow drop. I love me some HBK, but when something when Macho does it, he like does this weird thing where his body stays perfectly like posed and he like floats in the air into it. It's crazy. Um so after that we had Damian Priest versus Cody Rhodes. Though I feel like I've seen this match on Raw in the past. I, d- I feel like we de- definitely had to have seen it at some point. Um, this match was 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 pretty good. Um, you know, Priest has a really good choke slam. At least he did during this match. Um, Cody was doing a good job at selling the injured ankle from the week before. Um, it was just kind of always on his mind. He, he never really forgot about it. During the match, uh, Balor would come ringside and try to distract the ref so that J.D. McDonough could help Priest. Jey Uso would show up to take out the rest of the Judgment Day and drive them away with a chair. Uh, And Cody would end up winning after three crossroads in a row. Any thoughts, Tim? Um, No, I I mean, I kind of knew Cody was going to go over. There's no way he was going to lose. So this. Tim, as as we're talking uh live on the air, I just sent you a video of Kyrie Sane's elbow. I want your reaction. Live, live on, the, on air. the air. Kyrie Sane has a mean mean elbow drop. It's great. It's the one where she kicks her feet out to the side? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's great. I don't know what rap song you're listening to, but... That's what was over top of the video <laughs> you sent me. Oh, sorry. I have my my stuff muted. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it is. So you remember her then kind of from before she left. Yeah. She had like a pirate gimmick, and she would come out with like a pirate wheel. Yes, I unfortunately remember. I was trying to forget the pirate gimmick. Thanks for bringing it back up. I believe at one point she was uh, NXT Women's Champion, and she might have lost it to Shayna Baszler, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but the main event, undisputed WWE Universal Championship match, Roman Reigns versus L.A. Knight. Yeah. Um, the yeah, crowd talk was to me. Heavily in, the crowd was heavily in favor of L.A. Knight. Um, Chanted his name during the introductions of them. Early on, it... Look, I like Roman, but I think his matches have a formula to them. You know, uh, Roman had the upper hand early. Knight turned things around, started controlling the, the pace. Fight went to the outside of the ring. Um, long periods of slow action, short sequences, you know, throughout it. Um, but I thought LA Knight looked great. I want to say it was probably the best LA Knight match that I've seen, in my opinion. Um, it wasn't a dominating match. You know, LA Knight definitely t- had the upper hand at, at some points. But, predictably, Solo and Jimmy would get involved, providing some distractions. Um, Roman Reigns would spear Knight through the barricade before bringing him back into the ring for another spear to get the win. So, L.A. Knight, I, I mean, heard, was dude, maybe come booked on. for this we match because he's not going to be against Roman at Mania. Yeah, we all knew. It's got to get to Cody versus Roman. And we're not going to have Roman versus L.A. Knight at Mania because Mania's already basically booked. From it's whatever. starting to get, for me, I'm ready to, let's get this belt off this dude. It's getting there. We need a fighting champion. No, not that, but after Mania, I mean, there's more matches. I want to see L.A. Knight versus Cody. I want to see, like, there's things I want to see that, like, are going to be. Do you feel about that... this, like, how you, we did during the 17, 18 years when Brock was just champ all the time and would, like, go away and then and be like, get the belt off him. Give it to someone else that, like, you can have good matchups for. Yeah. But then it's starting to get there. But then also, like, I'd like to see um, 
you know, in the next couple years here, Braun Breaker is going to be coming up. He's going to be ready. There's gonna the main event scene in the next. Can't tell few if you're years. joking. I can't tell if you're joking or not. If you actually like Braun Breaker, I'm serious. He's great. I will say I forgot to mention during. Wait, do you um, not like Braun Breaker? You can probably find him. I think he's. Really I watch good. him every week. I think he's good. I'm just tired of him because I watch him every week since yeah, but they Matt, switched he's... to 2.0. He's a big fish in a small pond, so picture him mixing it up with some real main eventers. Well, unfortunately, now the crowd chants Braun Breaker sucks using the John Cena. John Cena sucks. Braun Breaker now they sucks. Go, Braun Breaker sucks. And so when Cena was down there for that one thing, he was out in the rain, he was like, he was like, oh, he's like, it's a lot better when you're when the lyrics are changed. He said, wait, I know that song. And then they were saying, he's like, so much better when the lyrics are changed. <laughs> Pop me. Um, I Roman will get to a point, and it's probably already there, in my opinion, where he doesn't need the title anymore. It's like Cena. It's like you're you're a main guy, dude. You don't need the title anymore. The title does nothing for you after a certain point. Well, when Shawn Michaels came back in '02, he only won it that one time. He won the title won once. But he was a main eventer the whole rest of his time and is still considered maybe the greatest ever. So sometimes you just get to a point where you don't need the belt. His run when he came back was better, some would say, better than his original run. I mean, for me, I can't disagree. I mean, you're you're the HBK fan. You've probably seen, like, every fucking I've watched pay-per-view pretty, match. I've watched... <laughs> here's what I've known. As a Shawn Michaels connoisseur... Every I've watched seriously That's like a good every match, every match that you can possibly watch available. I think his early stuff was blood and guts. Then when he got to WWE, he was kind of doing like in the AWA, and then when he was in WWE, he was kind of doing more of like a I don't know how to describe his style, like more catches catch can, uh, quick and. Uh, like, kind of, can't even think of the right word, but uh, he, he was shifty kind of like stuff. But then uh, he comes back and he starts doing more like fighting, kind of getting, you know, blood, and he's doing like hardcore matches. So his style just changed a few times over his run. I prefer the more gritty Shawn Michaels where it feels like he's fighting, not when he's like sexying it. He's also a terrible person in real life. You like that era. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, no, no. I'm talking about the later when he's back and he's, oh, old, okay. he's okay. Christian. Okay. I'm not a Sorry. big fan. Besides the Hell in a Cell match where he, I mean, obviously he showed in that match that he had some grit. He had a great match at In Your um, Mind Games. In Your House with Mankind. Man- or, yeah. yeah, the Hell in a Cell match is a banger. The Brett. Razor Ramon. I mean, everything with Brett and the Razor match. Everything with Brett. Yeah. 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 Now, I want to ask Brett you a question. Was always right. The other day. Brett Hart was always right. Do you agree? Do you agree with John Cena? I saw him say this in the video that Randy Orton is the Shawn Michaels of his generation of wrestlers. I mean, people say that uh, Randy Orton. I've never been a huge like natural fan. ability. Cena yeah. says he's always there. He's never late. Like for a spot, like he always just he's yeah. so he's not like in the face of the company, but he, you know, Seth. Yeah, people say Seth Rollins is probably like that of this generation. Yeah, but like, but like Randy's not was not the, never the face, but like if Cena was if Stone Cold was the face then like the rock and triple h were like right there like you know what i mean like i feel like randy was always like right there like if cena was the face at least for a minute during pg era if i think if cena was the face then orton and punk were like right there also you know yeah and edge and edge during that time. On this day. I feel like Edge was on and off with the time. Tim C's clearly. 
All right, Tim, take us out. Uh, okay, so if you're still here with us uh, and you waited to the end, we are t- covering my classic show of the week, which is Money in the Bank 2013. Uh, we haven't done this one. Uh, let me take you through this card here. So uh, it's first of all, it's considered one of the better wrestling pay-per-views of all time, especially from that era. Uh, so opening match is The Shield. You're gonna, uh, I feel like our listeners are going to be more familiar with some of these characters because you know sometimes I do really old ones. But uh, so The Shield, Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins against the Usos, Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso, uh, Damian Sandow against Antonio Cesaro, uh, Cody Rhodes, Dean Ambrose, Fandango, Jack Swagger, and uh, Wade Barrett uh, in a Money in the Bank ladder match, Curtis Axel with Paul Heyman against The Miz, AJ Lee, who is uh, CM Punk's wife against Caitlin, uh, Ryback against Chris Jericho, Alberto Del Rio against Dolph Ziggler, John Cena versus Mark Henry, and speaking of Randy Orton, who we just talked about, the main event is Randy Orton uh, against Christian. Uh, there's two Money in the Bank matches on this show, so because, you know, there's two shows. So uh Randy Orton against Christian, against CM Punk, against Daniel Bryan, against Rob Van Dam, against Sheamus. Dang, that's a good main event right there. Uh, yeah, did you? But think about the who I just said, and then RVD's in there. That's pretty weird. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that wraps up episode one. Triple H spans generations, though, because Triple H is part of that Cena Randy generation too. Trips is he's in every era. He's like Ric Flair. You can always find Rick, and no matter what era it's in, you can always find Trips. Sting's probably somewhere in there, except he's in TNA for most of it. Wasted all of his good. Jericho years. for a little bit. His second run in WWE was hot. Yep. But uh, yeah, this was episode one hundred five. Jeremy uh, texted us. Say so he did say that, you know, he's sorry he couldn't be here, but he will 100% be back next week, and we will uh, be back as the three of us. Thank you all. Enjoy wrestling this week. Go watch that Money in the Bank pay-per-view I just told you about. And uh, have a great week. We'll see you next week.